Hi, I'm Steve Hayes, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a sinner, and I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear how God has worked in their lives to help change them and make them who they are. And I think we all need to hear those kinds of stories. So I hope you'll enjoy it and listen along with This Is My Story. (laughs) We are Breezy and Brittany Elder, and and this this is is our story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Is My Story with Steve Hayes. Uh, We are here with Brittany and Breezy Elder. Yeah. And they're awesome. uh, They've been coming to Grace for a little while now. Um, How many years have y'all been married now? Five. Yes. Five years. This summer will be six. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we have kind of slowly but surely been getting to know (laughs) y'all over the last, what, year, year and a half? Probably a year. Something like that. Yeah. Year and a half. It's a year and a half, yeah. And um, and it's been awesome. You guys are like, y'all have been really fun, especially recently, <laughs> just to see y'all kind of come alive and become more a part of things. But um, I guess where we'll begin today is y'all got engaged in high school. Yes, we did. February of our senior year. And what year was your senior year? 2015. 2015. Oh my gosh, I feel so old. Um, so We're I can be y'all's dad. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> um, and I mean, you don't see that too often. That used to be the way everybody did things, but you don't see it too often anymore. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, what made you so sure that you decided to get engaged in high school? We just fell in love. <laughs> How long did y'all date before you got engaged? A year? Almost two years. Almost two years? Um, we thought we could conquer this thing called life. <laughs> we were wrong. <laughs> Breezy, um, Breezy is an old man in a young man's body. So yeah. he know he he knew his life <laughs> long before. You had it all planned yes. out. Huh? I thought yes. I did. Yeah. So it worked out, though. Y'all it got did. married. Oh. Was did did people just act like you were crazy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, being engaged in high school was a little crazy. And I don't know about Brittany, but like I just blocked all the noise out. I did not care. <laughs> we were getting married. There's nothing anybody could do. Like, <laughs> did teachers give you grief? No. Actually, I don't... they were all supportive. The teachers mm. that like we were close with and had relationships with, um, yeah. they were supportive. I mean. Like if you, if it was anybody else, they probably would have said y'all are crazy. But because we went really well together, I mean, and we were we mature agree for our on age. a lot of things, yeah. and it wasn't completely crazy. But we know now that it was at least sixty percent crazy. Sixty percent. So sixty percent of the time it works every time. Um, I remember having. Uh, you know, we had all these kids, uh, Kim and I, we mm. started having all these kids. We had, at one point we had four kids ages five and under, mm. which I don't even know how that's mathematically possible. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and we were so in over our heads. And I remember thinking, golly, if we could do this over again, we might think a little bit more about this whole deal. Have y'all had that thought too? Of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Of course. And I don't. I don't think we would have changed a thing. And you guys may not have either. But it. it right. It might have been good for us to think we, a little more. We yes. would have at least waited a little bit longer. Right. I yeah. think college probably was like she had her mindset on college. I was. Honestly, I, my plan was to go into the ministry and to go to Bible college, mm-hmm. yeah. but there wasn't really any here in Waco or in Waco yeah. where we live, um, and so I just kind of put college and going into the ministry on the back burner, and we got some advice to not do anything for the first year yeah. as newlyweds, like work, and come home, and be with your wife, be with your husband, and we took it. We took it to heart. Um, because being newly married and then she going to college and me trying to go to college and work and her working, it would have been crazy. Um, but it, with that, we had so much time. <laughs> we learned a lot about each other. <laughs> we uh, got in a lot of fights, a lot mm-hmm. of spiritual, <laughs> uh, what did they call it? Uh, gosh, I can't remember now. Intense fellowship. Intense fellowship. Intense. Just a just Severe a code blessings. word. Yes. yes. The code word for a bunch of fights. But so was it a tough first year? Most definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we. She was really upset. She needed to go to college. I mean, she was. Yeah. So we got married in July after we graduated in May, um, and then August, all my friends started going to college. Yeah. And like started real like it was catching up to me what I was missing out on um it's not a rough time you had FOMO yes fear of missing out very badly yeah <laughs> um FOMO. yeah I didn't have that fear as much no. um I don't know why exactly <laughs> I only had a handful of friends and yeah I don't know y- y'all grew up um, I'm assuming, I know with you, but I don't know with you, Brittany, but did y'all grow up um, in Christian homes? Was church and Christ and all that part of your upbringing? Um, so my, I did not grow up in a Christian home, um, but I went to church. So I was the only Christian in my home okay. uh, for a long time. Wow. Um, until really here recently, my mom... Yeah has come to Christ. Awesome. Um, so that's exciting. But yeah. for a long time, it was just like they were taking me to church, dropping me off, picking me up, that yeah. kind of thing. And your home was very... <laughs> very. Very opposite. Yeah. Very yes. opposite. Revolved around, around God. and Yeah, I, I had a wonderful um, father and mother. I was homeschooled. Um, I got to go with my dad a lot because he owned his own business. And it's like some of the best memories I've had. He's gone and passed away. Um, but during that homeschool, you know, we would, for homework, we'd have to write out three chapters or uh, of the Bible. And then, you know, for activities, we would act out like home and human videos of what was going on, like Peter walking on the water. We'd, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man, I need to get a hold of some of those videos. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, we would do synchronized memorization. So, like, there was four of us when I was growing up in the house. There's eight altogether, but 
my four, the bottom four that I grew up with, really. Um, we would go to church and do synchronized memorization. We did it with First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Yeah. So somebody would start, and then they would have a part, and then the next person, and it was, it was really, sounds really cool. Like a, it sounds like an Olympic event. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It was really cool. Um, but obviously when we met at church camp, Okay. Um, our, the summer between our eighth grade and freshman, freshman. year. Oh, wow. Um, and so that was the church she was going to, the church she went to daycare and yeah. got saved at. <laughs> yes. So y'all, y'all didn't start dating no. when you met each other. No, no. we didn't. Okay, so no. it took a couple of years. Yeah. Yes, we didn't start dating till junior year of high school. We would we did what you call talked. Yes. When we met each other, we were talking. We were just talking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then I ended up dating somebody else. So I broke her heart. The first of many times. But oh at gosh. some point, your your faith became a very dri- a huge driving force in your mm-hmm. life. You knew it was from your family. You were more. This is kind of new to me. I'm I'm assuming that maybe you got involved with church for mm-hmm. maybe social reasons primarily, and then it turned into a, a spiritual awakening for you. When did your faith in Christ become real to you? And and let me just say too, there because he grew up in a church home and in a homeschool home and in a <laughs> in a synchronized memorization <laughs> home. <laughs> You know, that doesn't make his story any better than, no. than yours. Right. Matter of fact, sometimes folks who grow up in, in strongly Christian environments have a lot more to overcome in their true walk of faith um, than others who come to Christ later. Right. Um, but when did, for each of you, when did your relationship with Jesus really become solidified and really become your own um, so in high school, um, after my, um, grandpa passed away, he was like my father figure and um, he passed away. Um, and I just had nowhere else to turn really, but I knew this Jesus and I had heard all the stories and all the things from going to church as like a little kid. Um, so that's really when I started leaning on him Mm -hmm. Um, but of course like some in some out some in Mm -hmm. some out Um, I would say probably the last nine probably year at this point um, I have not been out (laughs) (laughs) Um, you've been all in yes yeah Yeah. it's awesome um I would say that, like, in high school, maybe even younger, especially having my dad around, which I know you said my story, but obviously he pushed me to be a better Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me want to go into the ministry and want to do everything I possibly could. I had a, an awakening passion. And then, man, my junior year, or sophomore year, I just kind of fell right off that wagon Mm -hmm. um, and was doing things that you would never think that you would ever do. Um, And it's probably been, you know, like I basically what my background gave me was a really good set of morals and a really good code of ethics. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But it's more than that, isn't it? It's it's more. It's a lot more than it's that. It's a lot yeah. more than that. Um, isn't it funny how we get that cart before the horse on that whole deal? <laughs> and we've made Christianity about the morals instead mm-hmm. of about the real, the thing that animates your morals. Right. You know? yeah. Really, the, the relationship with Christ and without that, the morals kind of can come and go. Right. And I was able to basically fake my way through. And I say fake. I didn't think I was necessarily <laughs> faking it. I just didn't reach the next level yet. Um, mm-hmm. for, but, through any conversation with a pastor or yeah. at church or anybody because I knew the stories. Yeah. I had the, you knew like, the language. I, the I knew language, what it yes. was like. Um, yeah. And like eight months ago, she just, you know, like our marriage was basically falling apart. We, th- we thought so many things would save our marriage, money or children or anything. Anything, yeah. Um, counseling, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finally, finally, I say finally, like it's been so long she made the decision to stop focusing on the problems or me being the problem and just completely turn to the lord and it honestly made me jealous Mm -hmm. because she had this great her spirit was different her attitude was different she wasn't upset all the time she wasn't (laughs) you know like she was changed um and i knew that there was sin standing in my way I knew that to get that change, I already had a good moral code, but to get the relationship, what you're talking about, you know, I I had to get rid of that sin. And I had already had a bunch of conversations with the Lord that I was going to try to, you know, knock it off on myself, Mm. you know, try to get past it myself. And, you know, I felt like it's crazy, but I really felt like the Lord was like, you're never going to beat it unless you come out to your wife. Unless you tell your wife what's going on, you're never gonna. It's never gonna happen. Yeah. So now we got a we got a lot of catching up to do, mm-hmm. and um, and I want y'all to to feel free to to tell your story. What was the sin that you felt like was standing in your way, and what did you have to overcome? I mean, you were talking about how she was angry and she was you know, trying to fix it and all these other things. And it was finally only when she surrendered to the Lord that things started to get better. So what's the specifics of what we're talking about here? Which one of you wants to tell me a little bit about? <laughs> Why don't you start, Breezy? Okay. And, and just tell me, what 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 is the sin that yeah. was standing in your way that was causing these problems in your relationship? So um, when I was nine years old, it was the first time that I ever saw a Playboy in my childhood treehouse with my brother. Um, and basically from that moment, it was like the devil was like, I got you now. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that there wasn't times when I was passionate about Christ and I resisted temptation, mm. but it was basically a struggle for me up until nine months ago. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't have a phone back then. Um but I would take the the Sunday paper and look at that. I mean, lust really took a hold over me. Mm. Um, and so, gosh, when you get a phone, it just opens everything up. You can look at the, the real stuff. Um, mm. And it just, you know, I'd, I'm, I might go three or four months and have an accountability partner and that, and then 
I would fall off or they would fall off and it would just, or I would lie. I lied a lot. I lied about my situation. I lied about sin. I lied about a lot of things. Lying will just roll right over into things that you don't want it to. Um, and so I was sure enough addicted. I tried to, you know, I thought that once I get mar- got married or once um, I bought a house, the, the craziest thing, I thought once I bought a house, I'll, I'll never do it in this house, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing. I tried everything except come out to Brittany with it um, and tell her that I was addicted to pornography. And even when I came out to it, I lied about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said I'd only been struggling with it for a year, um, which ended up hurting her more because I told her that uh, it was when we had Elijah, our son. Mm-hmm. And that was her biggest fear. And so, you know, it was just a lie that I wasn't trying to hurt her, but it just made things worse. And that's, it was just a snowball effect of me trying to halfway fix something yeah. and break it anyways. And it kind of, that that lie of we, we had a child and that's why this mm-hmm. is happening, it, it's, it's not just a lie. It's almost a, in some ways, it shifts the blame to her. Yeah. Right. Because you had a baby and we haven't been as active I've pursued other things. So there were a lot of things tied up in this whole deal. Uh, Go back a little bit, um, because I had a very similar experience when I was a young man. And the more I talked to other men over the years about this issue, and I really think this is important because I want the women who are listening to this to understand this. But this is a pervasive issue that typically takes root in men at a very young age. And it's usually by being exposed to to a Playboy or to some sort of image before you're old enough to even know what you're really looking at and processing. Um, That was my experience. Same thing at some clubhouse in the woods that we had behind our house and all these older boys in the neighborhood. Hey, look at this. And pretty soon you're down a road that you have no clue how to handle. And that sounds like that was exactly your experience. <laughs> that was exactly. Uh, I was, uh, my brother was five years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a freshman in high school and had a freshman, you know, we were homeschooled, so he had some new friends, some friends we didn't meet at church. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, That's important. Oh, well, I will say, like, we were homeschooled up until ninth grade. You didn't and meet then, him at, at church or at school. <laughs> no, yeah. It, you didn't meet we were homeschooled until we were in ninth grade, and then we went to high school. Right. All of us did. Okay, um, gotcha. So he had a friend, and I obviously had not even hit puberty yet. I mean, right. I, yeah. it was uh, definitely didn't know how to process it, and I, it's pretty much what I knew is that it, I was ashamed of it. Yeah. And that is one thing that I do feel like growing up in a Christian home, sometimes it can make you ashamed of your sin because, you know, God hates sin. We're mm-hmm. supposed to hate sin. We're supposed to be like God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll make you a little more timid about talking about it. Um, and I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm really not. But that's kind of part of my story is that, you know, I didn't think anybody struggled with it, especially once I got older, because nobody was talking about it. 
Nobody yeah. talked about how they overcame this, or nobody yeah. talked about how this was a struggle in their life. They were ashamed of it. Right. And come to find out, you know, just locker room talk, most people do it. Yep. Um, and that's, it's terrible, but I was, and that's part of how I justified, well, I'm no different mm-hmm. than anybody else. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't cut it. I still felt terrible. It didn't, and it, it didn't fix our marriage. It didn't, yeah. you know, just because everybody else was doing it, it didn't, it didn't matter. Well, the sad fact is, while y'all were dealing with that as a young married couple, most young men at that time would have been um, pursuing that unabated in their college years mm-hmm. or their young professional years. And so um, most people aren't forced into dealing with a situation like that until they're already well down the road yeah. into that addiction. So, Brittany, for you, um, how did you find this out about him, and what was your immediate reaction? Um, <laughs> um, so... We, uh, back up, so last February, I went to a um, wives retreat. It was called Renovated Wife. It's excellent. Um, anyway, so I had all of the, like, foundation of a good godly wife and, <clears throat> like, those kinds of things because I'd never heard it. My mm-hmm. mom was not a Christian wife. Like, this was new information to me. Um, anyway, so we, um, had all of these problems in our marriage and I had a lot of, honestly, a lot of daddy issues, like just from my childhood. Um, and so for a long time, I thought Breezy was the problem in our marriage or I was the problem, but he was the problem. Um, so I go Let to this wives, wives retreat, realize that, like, I need to work on myself mm. and quit worrying about him and focusing on what he needs to change. So I'm fixing myself and realizing the problems we're having are not fixed. Something else is going on here besides what just we thought. Do you start um, doing what you felt like was what you were supposed to be doing? Right. For the first time Ever. in your marriage, yeah. I'm I'm going to just love him. I'm going to be loving to him. Yes. I'm going to try and love him like Christ. Right. Yeah. And things aren't getting better. Right. Um, so I finally just asked him, like, what's going on? Like, I mean, not to be prideful, but it's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, what? what's the deal? Um, and he said, like, he just looked like, so yeah, very nervous. Um, and so then I get nervous and the whole situation like changes immediately. Like I was not expecting what was about to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and he says, I've been addicted to pornography since for like a year, um, right after you had Elijah. Um, and at first I was just like, okay. And then the Brittany before she met Jesus came out. <laughs> um, and um, yelling, crying, throwing things, 
all the things because the lie hurt more than just pornography like the lie that it was just the past year um I had struggled with a little bit of postpartum depression and I mean after having a baby is a really hard time for a woman (laughs) yeah a lot Um, of women deal with body image issues a lot of women deal with Right. Postpartum issues, and so that just it hurt. Work it, like it just yeah. added an extra layer to the mm-hmm. hurt. Um, he did end up leaving that night. I mm-hmm. just like we need some space. I need some space. Um, so I packed him a big bag. This <laughs> 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 wasn't a duffel bag. Uh, no, was it was a, a huge <laughs> duffel bag full of like all everything right. I could fit in it. Um, Anyway, but he left, um, and then Holy Spirit started working, um, and I called my mentor, uh, the woman that led Renovated Wife. Okay. Um, her husband struggled with the same thing, so I knew who to turn to, um, and she pointed me sh- straight to Jesus, and um, yeah. Yeah, so she was... Um, she was saying, like, this is it. Like, we're getting a divorce. Well, we, because, so back up a little bit. So he did tell me when we got married, like maybe right after we got married, something like that, he had struggled with pornography a long time ago. It gotcha. wasn't a current struggle. So I did mm-hmm. know that there was a little bit of pornography involved in his past. So I would ask him periodically, like, hey, how are you doing with pornography? Are you after struggling? After she got back from this renovated wife. No, even before then. Yeah. I would ask, like, just, hey, how are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. just, and he would lie and lie and lie and gotcha. lie. So I knew all the lies yeah. and, like, it was just over, like, overwhelming what we were dealing with. And I didn't know the severity of it for a couple of days. It took yeah. a couple of days for us to, like, full confession, <laughs> lots of really late night talks, like, trying to really figure this thing out like if we were going to do this we were going to do it right and we weren't going to go back down that road no more half measures um so you're in the y'all are processing this through and now is the time for true honesty for everything to come out for breezy you you know you can't hide anymore you know you can't lie your way out of this anymore there's no other way to do it except to just face it head on and come clean. How'd that uh, go? It was emotional. I just want to back up really quick. So yeah, when, uh, like I had mentioned, pornography, um, it, it caused a reaction out of Brittany, and it was a long time ago. And so it was like the devil like put that in my brain that like, if she ever finds out what's really going on, she's going to divorce, divorce you immediately. Like, you have to keep it a secret. And I carried that for, like, five years um, until I saw her living the way that she was supposed to live. Um, and it was, like, when you're talking about, like, telling the whole story, um, it was... It's terrible, but it was completely freeing to me. And I was nervous to tell the whole story, but it was 
such a weight off my shoulders that I, I cannot even explain it. I just had a lightness. I cried more. <laughs> I mean, like, anything could make me cry. It was like the Holy Spirit was just, like, loving on me. Um, and unfortunately, that is not the experience Brittany had because she was <laughs> receiving this and processing it. Um, that weight that was lifted off of him was now crushing me. Um, right. It's it's just like a, you know, that weight's got to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and I've talked to folks who've been in, in this struggle or struggles similar where um, there's, there's some sort of, uh, on some level, there's some sort of, uh, either pornography or infidelity or something that is found out mm-hmm. and the typically the man gets to come clean so he backs up the truck and just dumps out the dump truck <laughs> and she's standing there buried under the rubble yeah you yeah. know he feels the relief of that and all of a sudden for her there's this tremendous suffocating weight yeah um, is that the is that the That's way it felt? Exactly the way it felt. Um, how yeah. did, how did y'all get back on track to where you didn't feel buried under that any longer, and you were able to to draw close to him again? Um, I have no other answer besides God. Um, Be specific in that. What just, what about the Lord, and how did that? How did it play out? Um, lots of prayer. <laughs> um, lots of... My prayer from that night was, God, let me see him through your eyes mm-hmm. and not my own eyes. Because my own eyes saw the hurt and the lying and the sin and the lust and comparing and, you know, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. But once I put that like filter of God's eyes on, or God removed my flesh, um, I was able to see Him as forgiven and loved and worthy, and um, that helped a lot. Um, and I like the darkness was gone from Him. Like it was, it was like I could see Him again, mm. and I was finding a whole nother person under there you know what I mean like it was exciting in some parts that like this is who I've been waiting on like this mm-hmm. is who I have longed to know for the last seven years um because I kept her at arm's length because there was always this deep dark secret I mean when she got back from renovated's wife she was like there's a marriage retreat in Dallas you want to go why do we need that we have a great marriage what are you talking about like i mean i really kept a distance and that hurt me um and that's kind of when i was like something something's up something more is going on than what i know you just sensed the entire time that there was some right barrier that wasn't uncovered right how long did it take for y'all to get one of the one of the biggest issues in this is trust. <laughs> How long did it take for you to be able to trust again? Are you still working through that? Um, it's okay if you yeah. are. 
I mean, we're still working through it. We're still working through a lot of things. It yeah. doesn't change overnight. No. Yeah. no you can get there overnight, and you're not going to change it overnight. And, I mean, right. like, we had the three days of initial confession. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I think two or three months later, I had to tell her about something else. that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, in my mind, it was kind of tied together. But it was like the Lord revealed to me, like, she doesn't look at pornography. She doesn't know <laughs> what is is tied together or what's not tied together that is a separate thing right um and it actually hurt me more like it was actually a really hurtful like detail of the story so it was like it just takes it to another level like the details are just like revealing how deep the sin actually was and how serious the lust actually was um, but as far as trust, I mean, I downloaded Covenant Eyes immediately on my phone. Yeah. Um, we have it on our iPod, iPad, um, and we have parental guidelines on Brittany's phone because we didn't want to pay for another <laughs> subscription. <laughs> um, but, like, it's um, we have some barriers put up. Right. I have an accountability partner Um and she has a person that she talks to, um, right. and they're actually husband and wife, so it's actually worked out great, and right. we've gotten to know their family. But we have some, some real barriers put up. Um, some boundaries, yeah. And I feel like what really, you know, it was initially hurtful because of the things that I had to confess later on down the third line. But we went to a marriage conference that deals specifically with addiction, Mm. Um, and they gave us a bunch of tools a bunch of tools on how to work through some things um, and how to be each other's battle partner Mm. and because you know in church get an accountability partner get an accountability partner um, they were just pointing the flashlight back at your spouse I mean why not your spouse and why not have that intimacy with her that you would have somewhere else? Right. Um, which is hard for, I feel like, men to do because we're like, well, they don't think like us. You know, we're terrible people. <laughs> um, but right. it's important, and it makes you want to be better mm-hmm. because you're not telling your buddy Bob that this happened. You're telling your wife that it happened, and you see the hurt. Like, it was something that they pointed out. Like, it was important for me to see her hurting to see her crying. Um, to see it, that it was serious. To see that it was serious, and it was so serious. Yeah, this is not just your little fantasy playtime. This isn't your escape. Right. This is pain Right. for the person you love. And the fact that other men do it is no comfort. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. She wants to know if I do it, mm-hmm. if I struggle with it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, some things haven't come up in a while. Um, we're really, you know, they say 2020 didn't have a great start. It's had a good start for us. 2021. 2021, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the things that we had to do was they suggested that we do at the marriage conference was tell our close friends and family about our journey, mm. which is not, you know, 
It's not very fun. I have five brothers and two sisters, and they're all married with children. Um, And it wasn't something I could just, like, call a family meeting. (laughs) Right. Um, So individually, and it was hard to do. Individually, we went and had dinner with each one of my siblings um, and my mom and her mom. um, And basically apologize for the hypocrisy Mm. and that we were I specifically was living two lives and nobody Mm. knew it but I was living in sin and saying that I was fine Um, and we really wanted to get that done for 2020 um, to kind of start 2020 out right just something that we've accomplished um, and it's something that I want to do here because I was at church, I was at life group and said that I was fine and I was lying. There was a deep sin in me that I couldn't get rid of. Um, and I'm sorry for the hypocrisy. It, it, it was just selfishness. It was just pride. It was just the worst. Um, anyways. We did that, um, and there's still stuff that we're working through. There's still, you know, we need we need to pick up our book again and find the next, you know, we only did tell your family about it. There's probably 10 other things, <laughs> you know, deep right. stuff that you don't think about, that you push down. Um, but if you do it together with your spouse, it builds the intimacy, and we've seen it firsthand. Yeah, we've seen the fruit of that for sure. Yeah. What I'm hearing from y'all is that there was a time in your relationship where you were both afraid of the truth. You were afraid to say it and you were afraid to hear it. And now it seems that you have both embraced the truth. You want to say it and you want to hear it. And you don't want to deal in falsehoods anymore. Yeah. Doesn't make it any easier right. when it's a truth that you don't want to hear. We want to be authentic. Yeah. But you want to be real about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, the Bible says... You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I just, I think I've told people that before, that whether it is a, uh, whether it is an easy truth or a hard truth, it will set you free. God promises you that there is freedom in the truth. And um, so I'm... I'm really thankful that y'all are telling your story. I'm thankful that you're being real about it. I'm thankful that you're being honest about it because I think it is a story that so many people wrestle with far more than are willing to share. Yes. I think it is the elephant in the room. Mm. And um, so I'm thankful that y'all are brave enough to share your story. And I hope that the people listening to this will... Uh, feel empowered by this if you and we'll close with this if you could tell people who are going through this couples who are going through this right now one thing what would you tell them tell me (laughs) find somebody to walk through it with you have a community and be completely honest. It's not too bad. It's not too scary. 
but find someone to help you. Stop trying to fix it on your own. Stop trying to fix it on your own. And tell your wife. Mm. (laughs) Or tell your husband. Tell someone. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Um, I would say specifically to the wife, um, to just have that prayer of seeing your husband through God's eyes. Um, That was so freeing for me. (laughs) Um, Because God's lens and view of us is much different than our own. Um, And... I would also tell her it is not your fault. <laughs> Honestly, like it's it's not your fault. The sin in him is his own problem. Um, you are not accountable for his actions. He is. So it's not as light, <laughs> but I, mean, I feel like it, it was freeing for me to know those things. Yes. Um, to know that it wasn't wasn't my fault. And for anybody that is going through this or hasn't told their wife, call me. I'll walk through it. We will walk through it with you. We, even at the beginning, we were so blessed at the people that reached out that we had them. We could not have done it. We would be in shambles. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you need to get in touch with Breezy or Brittany, Give me a call, uh, and we'll be glad to connect you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you all so much for, for sharing this with us. Thanks for being open. This is the kind of story that the, the people of God always feel like um, they can't tell. Yeah. You know, they feel like there's, there's shame and going through issues and problems, and yet we know from Scripture that this very issue was an issue in the Bible. It wasn't, it didn't play out in the same way. Right. But, um, you know, David got in trouble because he watched a naked lady take a bath. Right. And he, and he, that progressed into lots of hidden sin. Yeah. It, it progressed into him sending her husband to the front lines and basically having him killed. And the entire time, he deceived himself into thinking that he was right. And it wasn't until he was confronted with the truth and how ugly and painful it was that he came clean. But in spite of all of that, he was still a man after God's own heart. There was still redemption for him. And there is still redemption for men, women, couples who are going through these things. God wants to heal you. And he wants to set you free from from the darkness that threatens your life and threatens your marriage. So thank you all for sharing that story, and thanks for giving people hope through it. And we love having you all. You all are a bright <laughs> light. You all are some of the most joyful people I know. And you two walk in a room, and it's just the room <laughs> lights up. So thanks for being you all. Thanks for being part of what we're doing here. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. And if you'd like to spread the word, please consider leaving a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Our video podcast is available on our Grace Community Church YouTube channel. 
This Is My Story is produced and engineered by Jake Moore and is a ministry of Grace Community Church in Corsicana, Texas. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and do not necessarily express the views of Grace Community Church. Thanks for listening. Thank you.